Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE is a catalyst for change in the engineering industry, and one of the biggest ways we inspire that change is through our annual SWE Conference for Women Engineers and Technologists. This year's conference, WE21 in Indianapolis, Indiana, will help attendees at all ages and stages learn, connect, and grow. Join us for three days of networking and relationship building, over 250 professional development sessions, three inspirational keynotes, and a career fair featuring more than 300 exhibitors. Let's aspire to inspire at WE21, October 21st through the 23rd. Head to we21.swe.org for more info and to register. Hi, I'm Marissa Doyen, the Hispanic Heritage Month lead within the Latinos Affinity Group of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to Un Cafecito with the Women in STEM, a subseries of SWE's diverse podcasts. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. Today, I'm joined by Mariel Cisneros, a system engineer manager at Northrop Grumman. She started as an intern with the company and has worked in several roles during her seven-year career with Northrop Grumman. Mariel is a board member regarding science and technology for SWE Next Los Angeles. Mariel has a bachelor's degree in electrical and electronics engineering from California State University at Long Beach and a master's in architecture-based enterprise systems engineering from University of California, San Diego. Mariel has mentored young women in a number of STEM organizations, including Girls Who Code and Introduce a Girl to Engineering Day. Thank you for joining us, Mariel. Good to be here. Okay, so my first question for you, Mariel, is how do you take your cafecito? I actually don't. I take my tecito. (laughs) (laughs) What tea do you drink? I really like green tea, but really pretty much anything that's around. I actually have a hot water machine in my office. So I drink like, I don't know, seven cups of tea all day long. (laughs) You got to get your caffeine somehow, right? I have a five-year-old. I need it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So how did you first get into STEM? So I'm a Mexican immigrant. I think uh, I talked to you briefly about this before I came on the podcast, but I came from Mexico City. Uh, over to, to Los Angeles when I was a kid. And I know maybe you can't tell now, but I didn't speak English. And I was actually a very stubborn child. You know, my parents actually remind me pretty often like, oh, remember when you said you were never going to speak English? So because I didn't speak English, kids can be really mean. So they, I got I got bullied a lot in school because I, I couldn't speak English. And I actually have this like very vivid memory in my head of like, the teacher calling the boys, right? But in Spanish, niño means children, right? So like I used to stand up with the boys and everybody would just like laugh and point and say like, oh, you're a boy, you're a boy. So uh, that that's always stuck in, stuck in my head. Um, but yeah, consequently, because I was bullied so much, I used to just kind of keep to myself and do a lot of reading. And one day my teacher gave me a, an astronomy book, right? And it was just one of those like hard paper books that you give to children now with like the pop-outs and and things like that. But it was all about space, right? And all about our solar system. And my parents hadn't talked to me about the solar system by the time I was eight years old and in third grade. So I just thought it was like the most amazing thing ever. Like there are these things like giant gas balls in space and like they just orbit around this, you know, it was just like amazing. 
so that was like my first intro of like, I need to, I need to do this. I need to study space forever and ever. And then like, you know, also in third grade, that's when your teacher starts talking to you about space and things like that. So the more we learned about space, the more we learned about astronauts and the space program. I just, I knew I wanted to, to build rockets and I, I didn't know what a satellite was, was in the third grade, but I knew I wanted to do this forever and ever. So that's how I got into STEM. That's so cool. I love that like those first introductions are sometimes the most impactful on all of us. Can you tell us about your current role and how you got there? Sure. So right now I do, I have a dual role. I'm a functional manager, which means that I do all things like uh, strategic vision for people. So I, I, I'm really the people tools organization sort of manager. And then because I am a technical person, I'm also a technical leader. I'm actually a lead systems architect and not the architect that, that we usually think of. I'm a systems architect, which means that I really do the top level vision of new technology. And so in my role, I get to lead a big team of people and coach them and mentor them and help them reach their career goals. But then also as a, as a technical person, I'm getting to figure out how we fight wars currently, what kind of gaps we have. How do we make our technology better so that we're able to, to beat our enemy in upcoming wars? So really cool. I get to, to do everything I love, right? Like uh, if, if you ask me, what is the one thing that keeps you coming back to work? It's my team. So I, I get to do that. And then the, the thing that really gets me excited is figuring out new technology. So I, I think I have the best of both worlds in my current role. And then how did I get here? When I was 17, I was still in high school. Northrop Grumman, which is the company I work for now, one of the major aerospace companies, actually recruited me and they asked me if I wanted an internship, right? And I was 17, I'd never had a job at that point. And somebody said, hey, do you want to be an engineer at 17? Which was like amazing, right? I, I felt so lucky. And I remember putting my resume together. They asked me to, to come up with a resume. And the first thing I did was like, tell my mom, I'm like, mom, can you believe this is happening? And then she was like, okay, we'll go do it. And so if you, if I remember my resume, it said something like, you know, I've taken a whole bunch of math. I've taken a whole bunch of science, high school classes. I was an AP student, you know, that, that sort of thing. And then to make my resume stand out and I like laugh at myself now. And I hope that none of you are doing this. But I put a little border of little Microsoft Word rocket ship icons to line it up. And then I, I submitted it to Northrop. And they called me back. An electrical person called me back. And at that time, I thought I was going to be an aerospace engineer, right? I wanted to build rockets. But he called me back and he said, hey, I like that. You know, you've taken all of this math. Do you want to come and be an intern in an electromagnetic compatibility lab? And I said, yes, I have no idea what that is, but yes. So I, I entered at Northrop Grumman in 2006, and then I kept coming back. They kept inviting me back as an intern. And so I did two years as, an, as a high school intern, and then I did all of college. And then finally, when I graduated college, they hired me as a full-time engineer. And so I've been as a, at Northrop as a grown-up engineer for the last seven years. 
So I think those rockets on your resume were pretty fitting, right? <laughs> like I said, I hope nobody's doing it now, but it worked for me then. So <laughs> I'll keep that in my back pocket, I guess. <laughs> what would you say are some of your biggest accomplishments in your current role? So in my current role, I've gotten to shape what new technology is going to look like, I said. And really, my work is all done at the secret level. So it's kind of hard for, for me to, to really brag about my accomplishments. Not that we're, you know, as Latinas, we're, we're definitely not told to, to brag, right? It's not, a, it's not a good thing. But within my career, I've gotten to do everything, like I said, from electromagnetic compatibility. So making sure that the space environment, uh, our satellites can withstand the space environment. And so I've gotten to play with really cool, like, radiation chambers and things like that, which is amazing. I got to work on the F-35. So that's a fifth generation aircraft. Um, I think we've all seen it over the news, right? Like it's supposed to be the next multi-role fighter. And I got to do lightning protection, which I never thought was a career, right? Like, I don't know about you, but as a Latina, uh, without having other, you know, like I'm the first one in my family to graduate college and things like that. I never imagined that lightning protection was a, like a real job. And so I got to, to design different things for the F-35 so that it's protected against lightning, which is really cool, especially when you're in that lab testing it. And then also I've gotten to work on space. So I've gotten to, I've, I've been really lucky. I've gotten to do space work and aeronautics work. And then right now I'm also doing Navy things. So I'm, I'm studying like submarines and destroyers and what the next carrier air wing is going to look like and things like that. So a wide spectrum of things and accomplishments, just getting to work on these systems, right? Like it's, it's really cool. Sounds like some mind blowing work if you're, you know, very new to it. So that's very, very cool. What are some of the ways that your Latino roots have shaped you into the professional and person that you are today? So I will say that like definitely when my Latino roots, right? I'm a Mexican immigrant, like I said, my parents don't have careers. My dad's a bus driver. My mom's a stay-at-home mom and has, has always been a stay-at-home mom. And what they've taught me is to, you know, keep your head down, work hard. And I think that really helped me when I was going through college just, you know, making sure that like all of my assignments were done. Right. And like my mom would ask me every day, even though I was like in my twenties, right. Like in college, did you get your homework done? Is it done? Like you can't go out with your friends if it's not done. So that that's always really helped. And in a sense, it also hasn't been great because my, you know, growing up, my dad, I think he did believe that I could do it. But then at the same time, he would say things like, you know, engineering is not for girls. What, what, what are you studying this? Or you want to work for NASA? Do you actually want to be a tortilla maker and work with masa? Like he would say things to me like that. So in a sense, it's kind of like the good, we were really hardworking people, but at the same time, like there's always that kind of doubt of like, what are you going to really do? Right? Like no, none of us have ever done this before. So like, do you have a backup plan? So it's a, it's a little bit of both good and bad. And then also, right, like as a Latina, I've always been kind of told like, you know, be very humble. And that doesn't necessarily help you in your career when you're humble, right? Like you need to self-advocate for yourself and stand up and 
share your accomplishments. And if not, then nobody's going to notice. But as a Latina, you're, you're often told, like, be very humble. And that doesn't help you. And then also as a Latina, I've also been kind of like raised to say, like, you know, like, the men speak first. And then if you have something to say, you can say it after. And that doesn't help you as an engineering woman either. That doesn't help, right? Like, so I've, I've learned that what I've learned as a Latina has helped me and that I'm a hard worker. But at the same time, there are things that, that I hadn't done since the beginning. I can definitely relate in some of those situations that it just makes you a tougher person. And so that's what helps get you through, you know, whatever the challenges you're facing are. So are there any obstacles that you faced as a double minority, like a woman and a Latina woman in engineering? And how did you overcome those ones? That's a good question. So as a double minority, I think really, I haven't faced like discrimination here, at least at Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman is an excellent company, but I think as a woman in engineering, what I have seen is that there are many times where I'm quieted, right? Like I'm in a meeting and somebody steps over me and starts talking. I've also had the case where I'm talking and then I present an idea and then somebody else just says, you know, what about this? And it's exactly the same thing that I just said, right? But then they get the credit and I don't. And I think that really happened to me a lot in my early career when I didn't know how to stand up for myself. But working with SWE, working with the Northrop Grumman Women's International ERGs, having managers who are not only my mentors, but also sponsors, right? The people who really advocate for you. I've learned that, you know, it's not okay to mansplain. It's not okay to take somebody else's ideas and claim them as your own. It's not okay to quiet somebody in the, in the, in a meeting or things like that. And I know it happens to all of us, right? Like I've, I've seen it over and over. It happens to all of us. And so I've really become that person now who empowers my own team. And I, and I've taught them right over the years of like, if somebody takes over, I know that we get passionate, right? So if somebody cuts you off, then it's okay to step in and say like, you, you'll have your turn, but first we're going to let this person finish. So I'm incredibly proud when I see my own team doing that now. Like we, we really make sure that everybody got, has a voice and that we're truly inclusive. That is really awesome to hear, especially as a manager, being someone who can advocate for your team. What are your professional staples and how do you think they make you stand out as a leader? So I think we just talked about my professional staples, right? I'm the I try to be the manager who really listens. I know everything about everybody who, I, who was on my team, both technically and functional. So I, I really listen to them. I know things about their dogs and, you know, their cousins. And, you know, I, I try to maintain a, an open dialogue with everybody. But also everybody gets a, a, a say in my, in my team, right? Like if we have a meeting, I will literally call on everybody, even the person who, who was like me at the beginning of my career that sits in the, in the faraway corner and just kind of wishes that nobody saw them. You know, I want to make sure that they're doing okay, that they're engaged, that they're participating, and that if they have an idea, I want to hear it. Also, in the space industry, sometimes we have the culture of saying like, well, we've done it like this for the last 60 years, so why would we change it, right? Like, that's definitely something that I've heard sometimes as well. 
And I, I try to make sure that if anybody has an idea, even if it's a brand new idea, something we haven't tried it before, well, thankfully I work in modeling and simulation, right? Or it's just a, a quick software update or can we try it this way? And the answer is yes, let's go do it. So that, those are my staples, right? Being inclusive, making sure that people are engaged, making sure that people know that they have a voice and that they really matter. I'm also super big about celebrating success. So if somebody did something really great and it just might be like they were really nervous about presenting, right? Like, and after they presented, like they did it, right? So, so I go and make sure that we celebrate that small win. It might be that we finally presented to a, to a customer and right. Our customers are like the air force and the Navy and all of these big fancy military people. Right. So we celebrate them too, but uh, all, all sorts of wins, whether they're really small or really major, I want to make sure that my team knows that, that we're doing a great job and that I'm celebrating along with them. How wonderful. That's awesome. Our last question is, what advice would you give to Latinas who are thinking about entering STEM today? I would tell them to do it, right? Like if they are thinking about it, go for it, try it out and find a whole bunch of people to talk to. You never know what kind of fields there are. I definitely had no clue about some of the stuff that I've gotten to work on. And I think that even the ones who are, who are already in STEM, right? Like there's always something to learn, another field that you didn't know existed. And so we should be finding out, looking for mentors, looking for people to talk to. And it might not even be like a full-fledged mentor, right? Like you can just message somebody and say like, hey, can I talk to you for a little bit? And then do kind of a little like informa informational session. What do you do? What's it like? What do you think about this? How are you treated here? What's, what's your favorite part about this job that you, that you have? I think all of us can learn from that. I would also say um, because of Latinas, right, we're often told be a little bit quieter or don't be so, you know, be super humble. I think something that we should keep in mind is that you, you, get, to, you get to those promotions, you get to those higher levels when people know what you're doing. So advocate for yourself in the workplace, advocate for yourself in school and make sure that people know what you're doing, what you're interested in. And then that's really the fastest way and the easiest way to find somebody who will mentor you. And then also somebody to advocate for you, right? Like there's a difference between a mentor and a sponsor and you, you really need both. So what, what advice would I really give them? Speak up, find a mentor, reach out. Everybody's I think willing to help you. Thank you so much, Mariel, for your time and your words. It was so nice to talk to you today. Um, you've provided some really valuable insight for our current and future engineers and leaders. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you and to have some cafecito or tecito anytime. I'm Marisa Doyen, and from all of us at SWE, thank you for listening. enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Remember to head to we21.sui.org to learn more about and register for this year's conference. 